0: Most people would think that the running is was like the problem I guess you could say that for me um, for my disordered eating like oh you need to not run as far you need to stop running but honestly I would say that running pushed me to um, better eating Uh, it's kind of the opposite like running actually helped me at first it was harming me but then it actually pushed me to keep up with my eating. And now, um, throughout the day, that's like not like the reason why. It, at first, it was. At first, it was the reason why I was keeping up with my eating. But now it's developed into oh, I feel so much better when I'm giving my body what it needs.
1: Welcome to the Newly Running Podcast. I'm your host, Rick Canning, and that was Sarah Lamos. Sarah is an aspiring ultra runner training for her first 50k this summer, and is also the group leader for the newly founded St. John Trail Runners Women's Only Trail Running Group. I've been following Sarah's journey for quite a while now, and I've loved seeing her passion and enthusiasm for the sport of trail running shining through. But what really grabbed my attention is when I first checked out her blog, She was so open, real, and raw when it came to what she was writing about, and it was all coming from a place of wanting to help others on their journey towards wellness. One post in particular, which I really appreciated her sharing, was about her struggles with disordered eating and how running eventually helped her through this and she was able to find a better, stronger version of herself, which she rightfully named Strong Sarah. In this conversation, Sarah is very open and shares a lot about her struggles with disordered eating, and I truly appreciate how open she was in sharing this journey. These conversations are so important to have and share because issues like disordered eating are far more common than we'd like to admit, and it also doesn't discriminate only against women. Many men struggle with this as well. We also have some great discussion on Sarah's participation and founding of the women's only trail running group and why our trail running community needs groups like these to help all women feel safe and make the sport of trail running more accessible for them. I truly enjoyed sitting down with Sarah and I know that you're going to love this conversation. So without further ado, here it is. Hey Sarah. Welcome to the welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for taking time out of your day to join me to do this thing.
0: Hey, no worries. I'm so excited to get the conversation going. That's
1: (laughs) awesome. So I've been following along your running journey for a little while now and um I guess I got to say your, your positivity and enthusiasm for the sport has just kind of just been oozing and bubbling <laughs> out of you. And I think that that's pretty amazing. But what's really kind of struck me and why I'm reaching out is just, you seem like you're on this journey of becoming a better runner and you're all about trying to improve yourself through health and wellness. Mm-hmm. But you're also on this journey of trying to raise the people around you up with you as mm-hmm. you're improving yourself. And I think that that's pretty amazing. And that's <laughs> well, kind thanks.
0: Of a- yeah. It's definitely been, um, a journey, which I know that, um, people are nervous to even enter into the sport because, um, it can be a journey, honestly, it can be really hard. Um, but that's honestly what brought me to it was the, um, intensity and the passion that, um, runners have, <laughs> To improve themselves, Um, because it's definitely not easy. Anyone who starts in um, to running um, could say that it is very hard from the start. Um, It's not an easy thing, or else more people would be doing it, to be honest. Um, So I think that that almost drew me to it the fact that there was a journey involved. Yeah,
1: and it seems to really give you this great avenue and barometer for just working on yourself. Mm -hmm. That helps you check in with that a lot along the Mm -hmm. way. And the more you're able to do the inner work on yourself and become a healthier, better version of yourself, the better runner you're becoming. (laughs) So it really does kind of go hand in hand, right? Yeah. 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 so anyway, yeah, I did want to take a minute there and and recognize the, the work that you've been doing and the work that you've been putting in and helping those around you. And I just kind of wanted to congratulate and applaud you on that because I, I think it is really important and I think it is awesome what you've been doing.
0: Oh, well, thank you. It's been awesome. <laughs> it brings me joy to bring other people in on it, to be honest. It's not... Um, it's funny because it could seem like something that um, I'm it takes a lot of work to bring people in on, but it honestly brings me a ton of joy to be able to journey with other people in the process. Um, and I honestly needed that when I started, so I want to be that for other people for sure.
1: And it's. And it's contagious too. Like if you have positivity and you're just kind of exuding it and you really just lay the welcome mat out, then people just naturally want to flock to that and it kind mm-hmm. of feeds and you're helping other people, but they're helping you at the same time.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's honestly, it's, I find helping other people on the journey pushes me along, which is ironic because, um, People will say, oh, I'm slow though, like you probably don't want to run with me. Like I um, list list all the things off, the excuses that people usually say for why I wouldn't want to journey with them. And honestly, that's why I want to, because it actually pushes me um, to be my better self so that I can um, then give that back to them. It's it's yeah, it's crazy how much it actually helps me and pushes me um, along in the process.
1: For sure, and I know probably similar to you. Like I have never turned anybody down, and never said I'm not going to go running with you because you're too slow. Like that, those words have never even I've never even thought of having those words come out of my mouth. It's like yes, I want a buddy to go out in the woods with. That would be awesome.
0: Literally always, Yeah. Literally
1: anytime, yes. I'd be very happy to have the company. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's pretty fitting that I actually got you on the show the first week of the launch of the st. John women's Trails oh my gosh, group.
0: yes so, oh I was actually thinking that the timeline of okay Tuesday is the podcast and then Friday or sorry Tuesday is the group and then Friday is the podcast yeah um, it was wild oh my gosh it was one of those things where um, we talked Talked about it for so long, and me and Mark had kind of been dreaming up what this could look like. And he had been training me in the trails because, if anyone knows um, St. John trails, they're quite confusing. And for somebody who honestly, I would still call myself a new trail runner, to be honest, I've only been doing this for about a year now. Um, I had to learn as well. I had to train myself to even get to this point of being able to start this group. And, oh, wow, just to see the women all, like, walking into the parking lot, 42 of them just coming coming together in this big circle um, was a really big moment, to be honest. It was overwhelming. Like, I had to go for a few kilometer run after (laughs) we finished just to, like, okay, what just happened? Like, this actually... Was a reality, and just to watch the women all come together and cheer each other on, like quite literally, like when we finished, it was a pretty big moment. That okay, that was the first one of very, very many runs that we're going to have. Um, yeah, it was pretty cool. It was, it felt like a movement, and it was really cool. Mm-hmm.
1: It is really cool, and it goes to show that that the idea that that you guys had that the community. Wanted it, and the community—the mm. community needs it—and they—they showed up. Like you build it, and they will come, kind of thing, right?
0: And oh yes, of course.
1: Yeah, so I think that's pretty, pretty amazing. Um, and like you said, Mark, Mark was helping you out with that sort of mm-hmm. along the way and teaching you the ropes and throwing it out there for anybody that wants a little bit more of the backstory on that. I did chat with Mark back in episode nine of the yes. podcast to talk a bit more about the the St. John Trail Running Group as mm-hmm. a whole and he did sort of drop a little bit of a <laughs> teaser that there was something in the works for a women's only trail running group back back then which was quite a while ago that was episode 9 yeah. and we're recording like episode 22 <laughs> now i think so <laughs> we're getting yeah. we're getting down there <laughs> that's been a journey of its own <laughs>
0: yeah for sure
1: it's been fun um
0: Mm.
1: I think we've got a lot to unpack tonight but I'm thinking where most things start it's probably best that we kind of start at the beginning yes and I think that's going to help sort of build the story and help understand how all of this came to boat and now you're training for your first ultra and all this has (laughs) happened in such a short period of time. Yes. And I'm really curious about diving into this from the beginning. So I know you kind of started, is about a year-ish ago that you started on this journey of sort of fitness and mm-hmm. self-improvement back then. So how did that start out for you? It's around like COVID time, like yeah. before, just before <laughs> COVID, right?
0: I was going to say, like a lot of people I hear, um, I hear conversations when we're on our trail runs kind of like, little conversations from the back and most people say I started running during COVID because the gym was closed or, um, because I needed some goals because we were all kind of locked down and, um, it was pretty scary. And I think we all just needed something, um, to push us and to keep us moving and keep us positive. So honestly, I just started with some road running, um, back about a year ago. Um, When I say road running, I mean, walks that involved some jogging. (laughs) I would say that I was started my running, but I honestly just started with trying to get my 10,000 steps in a day. And um, sometimes that would turn into um, a walk and then a little jog. And um, I mean, at first, I was a little intimidated just because of course, it's uncomfortable. It doesn't feel natural for your body at first because your body is not used to, um, all of that energy being released and all your heart rates up. It's, it's very uncomfortable at first when you start running just because your body's not used to it. So I just started out trying to be active as much as possible because I mean, we were all isolated and mentally that was really hard. Um, and there were some other things going on in my life that just pushed me to a place of, Um, it's time to work on myself and to focus on, um, what I love and what brings me passion. And honestly, I was surprised that running was that thing that (laughs) brought me passion because I mean, it was hard. Like that didn't really make sense to me that something that was pushing me and that was hard for me to do and was very uncomfortable was the thing that actually I was super passionate about. So, yeah, I just started jogging a little bit and going for hikes and walks. And then um, one of my friends was like, hey, you should go out to this trail running group. And that would have been um, back in uh, September, October. So last fall. Um, That's how that came about.
1: It was was a friend that suggested that you go and check them out. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so it would have been a friend um, of Mark um, was like, Hey, there's this group you should go because I was running by myself all of the time. And I mean, that gets old after a while. Anyone who's a runner understands that it kind of gets boring and it's hard to push yourself when you're not running with anyone. Um, So, of course, my response was, No way, I'm not going to go to that. That's terrifying. Um, And of course, my first thought was, I'm going to be slower than everyone. Um, cause that's the first thing that people think when they're running with a group. Um, and I did put it off a few times and then I was like, you know what? The worst thing that's going to happen is I'm slow and I hate it. And then I won't go back. <laughs> like that is literally the worst thing that could happen is I don't enjoy myself. And then I don't go back again. Um, that was not my experience whatsoever. I, loved it so much and immediately just was felt like I had known the people um forever because they're so inclusive and I'm not just saying that because I am involved with the group right now. Like when you think about it, that really wasn't that long ago. That was just months ago that I joined. And I yeah just immediately felt included. It was a community. Um, We were there to have fun. There was no pressure. And um immediately from there honestly I just fell in love with being in the woods and being in the trails and there was a whole sense of um, enjoyment that I didn't really find on the road and not saying that um, that can't be possible because there's people that love road running but for me um, I found that I enjoyed trails um, because it wasn't really about the pace it was about, um, the community and it was about the relationships that we build through the running. Um, and that is huge to me. I am a people person. I love relationship. I love connection. Um, so yeah, I just found there was an extra level to it. Like we were there doing it together. Um, and even now I can say that the things that I look forward to in my week is the trail runs that we get to do and the big weekend adventures and um. Yeah. So it's I've found this whole community of people that I did not know existed in <laughs> New Brunswick. It's crazy the amount of people that I've met, and I still have to meet. Um. Once the um bubble opens up in the Atlantic. Yeah. <laughs> area, but um, it is crazy the whole world of running that I did not know was a thing, and it is the most community I've ever felt. To be honest, it's um. A whole sense of we're doing this together. The run is not you on your own. If you're struggling, there's going to be somebody beside you that doesn't care how fast they're going. They just want to chat with you. And um, yeah, so I guess that would be kind of the timeline. I went from just wanting to be active to finding this whole community of people that now are a huge part of my life, which is crazy, <laughs> in a that's, very short time.
1: It's <laughs> pretty amazing.
0: Yeah,
1: so I'm pretty curious to ask a little bit. So, where mm-hmm. were you built up to you at that time? Like, you started trying to get your ten thousand steps. So, where yeah. where were you built up to you when when your friend sort of gave you a little gentle nudge? Like, were you running like five Ks at this point right. in time? Like, how how far were you into that, the running journey then?
0: Yeah, so I, oh man, I think I was just doing like five to seven Ks probably on the road. I remember I did my first 10K and that was like a huge deal. And that was awesome. It on is the road. huge. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember being terrified to even go like to try to do a 10K. Um, and it's crazy now to think of that because that would be like a just like easy. Kind so of like your almost your warm-up. It's like your warm up just, it's it's like your warm now. <laughs> it's weird how that changes. Like now it's like, oh yeah, I'm like just go out for 10K in Rockwood, probably. Like that's just normal for me now. And it's weird how those those goals change. But I think that my first 10K would have been back in September. Um, <laughs> yep. So I was probably only doing 5k or like 7K ish when I went out to the group. Um we try to encourage people to be able to kind of do around 5k on the road, um, just so they feel comfortable enough to keep up or, I mean, not keep up cause we don't go fast, but to feel comfortable enough to be on the trail, um, with yeah. us. So yeah, I would say probably around there. And then, um, I think it was, um, uh, October end of October, I did my first like long distance, which when I think about it now, that was a big jump for going to, from a 10 K to 20, loops around, uh, the nature park, urban nature park. And I don't know. Yeah. I don't even know how I made it through that one. Cause it was a struggle, but I did 24 K the end of October. So from there, oh, wow. I was like, if I can, if I can jump from 10 K to 24 and still like be alive and moving the next day. I wonder what else I can do. Like it just kind of like lit a little fire in me. Um, Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Yep.
1: That is a like 10 K road to 24 K on trail is a big jump. Like that's like jumping from 10 K road to 10 K road marathon almost. Like that's a big, big jump. Like that's a lot of time on feet. out on trail. It's pretty yeah. awesome, but I think this is where things probably started to get a little more complicated. Like maybe with your relationship with running, like from what I've been reading on the blogs and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Like, yeah. I think there is a bit of a perfect storm that is mm-hmm. brewing. Like you had this newfound enthusiasm for running. You're you're clicking off these goals. You're crushing some big miles. yeah, And you're kind of feeling a little bit like you want to keep up with this group of ultra runners that have been out there doing this for years now. And you join the group, you're keeping up. The community is, is awesome. But you're also starting to get a little bit frustrated because your body isn't quite doing everything that you want it to do on mm-hmm. some of these runs, right? Like you're finding you're kind of crashing hard into some pretty big walls.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then kind of around the same, si- same time, something else is starting to come to light too, right? Like you were kind of battling, like you're going through this journey of of health and wellness, mm-hmm. which I think started a little bit down the road of, kind of wanting to feel a bit better and losing a little bit of of weight mm-hmm. along the way. But then the focus kind of shifted and became a little bit more obsessed with the weight loss. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. the this combination of having this new toxic sort of relationship with food and trying to lose the weight at the same time, you're pushing your mm-hmm. body harder and trying to go farther. Than you ever had before, is I think really just kind of setting the stage for a little bit of of disaster to come. And yeah. I guess the term for it is is disordered eating, right? When you start to develop that relationship
0: with yeah, with food. I would yeah, it's it's weird because there's so many different eating disorders out there. So mm-hmm. I say disordered eating. Um, I mean, yeah, there's, yeah, I, I mean, we don't have to go into each one, but the, there was a unhealthy relationship with food. There was a, um, a mindset that was, this is not okay for me to be eating a certain amount. Like I have to continue to cut back on my food because that was the mindset of when you start losing weight, you are cutting back on your food, you're eating healthy, um, which was all fine and it was going well. Um, but then you mix in doing long distances and running every day, even not even long distances, but running every day. Um, and I was eating the same way that I was, but when I was trying to lose weight, but then I was adding in burning like thousands of calories and my body was not, did not have The food to even be able to burn that much. Um, so like you said, I was going out on these runs and expecting my body to be able to perform when I was still, um, I mean, I was probably even eating less than I should have. If I was trying to lose weight, to be honest, I've always had, um, healthy relationship with food. It's, it runs in my family. It's been, um, just a continued thing throughout my life. Um, so there was already an un- unhealthy relationship with food, and then you mix in, run a runner who is trying to get to these ultra distances. Um, so my body, honestly, like I would go for a five six k with even the trail runners group, which usually would be an easy run for me. And I got to the point where I was feeling um, nauseous pretty much every time I was running. Like any run I did, even if it was easy, even if it was on the road, um, even if it was something that I had done before that didn't feel hard before, um, it was, yeah, it was pretty, it was pretty hard. Cause I was hitting a wall every time I was trying to, uh, push myself and for a runner who is surrounded by people, like you said, who are, um, uh, pushing themselves and getting these great runs in, I was getting super frustrated because my body was not doing what I wanted it to and it wasn't, um, improving and I was hitting a wall every time. Um, so yeah, there, there was a shift that needed to happen. I needed to see, um, food as my fuel. I needed to see food as something that was going to be helping my body. Um, do what I wanted to do, but not just running. Like I needed to be able to function. I needed to be able to think straight. Um, food is yeah, your fuel. It's the way that you are able to function your day to day. And that's not how I saw it before I saw it as, um, something that was the enemy that was going to, um, cause me to gain weight immediately, even if it was something that wasn't wasn't going to do that like with the amount of activity i was doing there wasn't even any way that the food that i was going to be consuming would be immediately causing me to gain weight because i was very active um so it was yeah just to give you a little sneak peek into the the brain of somebody who has disordered eating that's how it felt was that this is going to be a drastic change if i eat like i need to to be a runner Um, but that was unrealistic, obviously. And it's ironic because it actually did like the complete opposite. And I feel a hundred percent better when I'm running and I eat throughout the run now. Like I'm popping food, like the whole time I'm running and, um, I feel amazing when I'm on my runs now and I don't feel nauseous and I don't feel um, dizzy and now I can enjoy it. Cause I honestly got to the point where I was like, this does not feel fun anymore. <laughs> I mean, sometimes it's supposed to hurt. Like running is going to hurt sometimes when you're training, but it got to the point where like every time I was running, it was uncomfortable. And yeah, it took the the fun and the joy and the passion out of it, which I didn't like
1: Was there like a line in the sand kind of moment? Like, was there one in particular run that was just like, you've had it, like it was super frustrating. You wanted to go out and do something and your body just didn't work. Or is it just something that was building over time and you just eventually got fed up with how you were feeling?
0: Um, I think, I think I remember there was one run. I was on trails with one of my friends um, from the trail group and Um, I like, yeah, I had to stop to walk like so many times and I was really frustrated because it's somewhere that we go all of the time and I never feel that way. And it almost got scary to the point where I was like, why am I so dizzy? And I feel like I'm going to throw up right now when this is not a hard run. Like I didn't feel like I was exerting myself. It was just my body was physically not able to run. Like I could really only walk and it wasn't a long run at all. It was only, we probably only did like 5k. Yeah. Um, and at that point I was doing longer distances and I should have been able to do, do it without feeling that way. Um, so yeah, I think it was just a buildup of this does not feel enjoyable anymore and it almost felt scary because I was feeling that way all of the time. Um, and I had no energy even like throughout the day. So, I mean, there was like a, um, yeah, I mean, the effects were further than running, but I found I got to the point where it was frustrating that I couldn't train the way I wanted to.
1: Yeah. Yeah, It can get pretty serious, I guess, if you're Mm -hmm. running quite a, quite a calorie deficit and you're trying to push your body.
0: Yeah. Like
1: not only does it affect your, your energies, like it affects your mood. It affects your hormone levels. It affects like yeah. so much that's going on in your internal systems.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I guess you're just, you're fortunate that you were able to, to pick up on that and decide to make a change before it got too much worse than that. Right.
0: Yeah. yeah. And I would say just to add in to that, Um, most people would think that the running is, was like the problem, I guess you could say that for me, um, for my disordered eating, like, oh, you need to not run as far. You need to stop running. But honestly, I would say that running pushed me to, um, better eating. Um, yeah. it's kind of the opposite. Like running actually helped me at first it was harming me, but then it actually pushed me to keep up with my eating. And now, um, throughout the day, that's like, not like the reason why it, at first it was, at first it was the reason why I was keeping up with my eating, but now it's developed into, oh, I feel so much better when I'm giving my body what it needs. And it's actually, it actually saved me. The running, the running saved me, even though at first it was hurting me. Um,
1: yeah, because something that could run. have like kind of kept eating away at you under the radar, which mm-hmm. may have persisted for a, like years. Yeah, right. If running mm-hmm. didn't force you to this like moment where you needed to deal with it, because you had these two competing parts going yeah. on, and the part of you that just wanted to be a stronger human that felt better went out over the one that was concerned about what you were eating was gonna make you put on weight. So mm-hmm. there was that's internal struggle going on and the running mm-hmm. forced you to choose. Yeah. And I like what you called you you chose the strong Sarah, right? <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, I did. Yeah, it's yeah, it's crazy. Like now when I think back, I see some pictures of um, the way I was even three or four months ago and just like the muscle that I've been able to build and, um, I'm seeing, yeah, just like a stronger version of myself, uh, because I chose the uncomfortable steps of bringing some foods into my diet that we call them safe foods. So, I mean, it speaks for itself food that I feel okay eating, um, for instance, for anyone who is a runner knows that bread is important. So like toast and peanut butter before I run, um, that's normal for me now, but before bread bagels, anything like that would have been like a scary thing for me to eat. Um, but bringing those things slowly into my diet. And now that's like a regular thing for me to eat. Um, those are uncomfortable things to face. That is something that's not, um, easy for me to face, to bring those things into my diet. And at first it was hard to see those things as positive. Um, but now like looking back, I don't think twice about having toast and peanut butter before I go for a run, because I know I'm going to feel amazing when I'm on the run because I, my body has what it needs. Um, so I think strong Sarah goes further than just even physically, how I've been building muscle, it goes into, um, mentally, I have been working so hard on this healthy relationship with food. Um, I mean, I say that, but there's still struggles. I mean, obviously, um, there are days where I'm back to, Oh, I don't feel like eating a normal amount of food today. Like it's a battle today. Um, but like I said, running keeps me in check. And, um, I am so passionate about it that it actually pushes me to, um, keep myself in line with my eating, um, because I don't want to stop doing that. And I know that if I get unhealthy with it, then I will have to. And so it keeps me in line and I love it that it, it just goes hand in hand. It's cool. The relationship between food and running and the way that it kind of has lined up for me. It's pretty cool.
1: I think it is really cool, and I think it's yeah. really amazing that that is able to to bring you to that mindset where you're able to get mm-hmm. into it and want to fuel your body to feel the best best that you can. And that that mindset mm-hmm. switch and how you got there, I think, is a really important conversation to put out into the world. Um, I do think that runners can have a very complicated relationship with food. I think that is a bit more prevalent in the mm-hmm. running community maybe than is talked about. Mm-hmm. It is coming to light. I know there's a lot more conversations going on right now. Like I know Am- Amelia Boone has been out there and quite vocal mm-hmm. about what she's been going through with disordered eating and another fairly well known runner, Mario Frioli. I don't know if you're familiar with him, but he's talked about it as well and his Mm -hmm. journey as a runner. But I even see it in the way some runners come to me and want to approach running as they come to me like, I want to lose weight, but Mm -hmm. I want to get my first Boston qualifying marathon. I was like, "Um, those two things are kind of Competing at, at yeah. odds. They, they can be done, but they need to be done in either one of two ways in order to be healthy. Yeah. Like, sure. if you, If you want to operate in a calorie deficit, then we need to look at getting the help of like a registered dietitian and get you on a program and make sure you're not deficient in any like nutrients and things like that, because that can lead to injury and stress fractures and hormonal imbalances Mm -hmm. and all kinds of bad things. Or there is the approach of the mindset shift, which is if you eat in accordance with what your body needs and gives it the fuel to thrive, your body's going to naturally find that equilibrium. Mm -hmm. And that seems to be a little hard for some people to buy into. They want to go the calorie deficit route because that's that's just the way that their minds are wired. I need to eat less in order to lose weight. And that's a very hard thing to to get across that if you give your body what it needs, it's going to cooperate and it's going to work for you. And you're going to be able to do so much better in all areas of your life. And I know like there is a lot more pressures out there on, on young girls and and females, but I think it is a problem with, with men too. Like I think everybody Mm -hmm. looks on, on Instagram and even for guys, like you see this guy who's absolutely shredded shirtless going, running in the (laughs) mountains. And you're like, this is the definition of success. If I am doing things right, I should have this completely chiseled phys- physique, maybe the big beard and <laughs> yeah. Add and a beard in there. Yeah. You got to add the beard in. The beard is a necessity, but it, <laughs> it it's different, like I think it's definitely more like of an issue for for girls and women, but it is out there for guys too.
0: Of course. And I I mean not to plug in my blog here, but um in my blog post, I did mention, yes, this is something that women struggle with because of the pressures, but I did mention like men do also have these pressures. And I think it's almost closeted a little bit just because people assume that guys do not struggle with it. And, um, I want to open those doors so that it is normalized that guys do struggle with disorder eating and the pressures of looking a certain way. I think that, I mean, it's not comfortable for guys to talk about that Um, because it's not normal. Like for girls, I, I, we talk about it all the time. Like it's, it's something that women um, talk about literally all the time. Like with my friends, we talk about the struggles that we have with needing to measure up a certain Um, weight or look or um, just, yeah, those stereotypical um, things that women talk about, but guys, I can't see them sitting around talking about that. And so even in my blog post, I wanted to open that up that guys do struggle with this and especially runners, because like you said, they're seeing this picture of Um, this athlete running through the mountains that is obviously having no problem running through the mountains and (laughs) is, has their perfect body and um, they can definitely be down on themselves in that moment. And that is okay. And I want that to be a normalized thing that we can talk about is that it happens to all of us. That is, that is a natural thing for us to feel.
1: Like somebody might snap a, a picture of you at the the finish line and you, sh- and you see it and you get this little shot of, of shame. Like, I can't believe I look like that. Right. Cause that's not the I was picture gonna say, it goes of the, the guy. Sometimes, yeah. Yes. yeah.
0: It, it goes the opposite sometimes for me where um, photos do sometimes trigger me. Like I see a certain picture and I'm like, Oh my gosh, why do I look that way in that picture? Like, do I look like that all the time? Yeah. Um, when I know that pictures don't always actually look like real life and um, that's not a reality. Um, it might just be a weird angle, but I get that for it, especially for guys. It's not something that's openly talked about, um, but I'd love for it to be, I'd love for it to be something that guys can freely talk about and not feel shame and can feel that support because especially with runners, it is hard to, balance the, I want to be fit and I want to lose weight, but I also want to be strong and give my body what it needs. Um, and I've found it's crazy how physically fit I've become from giving my body what it needs. Like when I was doing the opposite, I was like getting scrawny and had like no muscle because how was my body supposed to build muscle if I wasn't able to do the workouts and go out and run like I wanted to. But now that I'm giving it what it needs, I'm finding I can go these distances that I never thought I could have done in this very short period of time. Um, And I'm building muscle in my legs and I'm finding I'm seeing myself differently. And that is because I'm fueling it properly. So it's very backwards from what my mind expected. I thought if I was cutting back on my food, then I would look the way I wanted. But it was actually the opposite. I needed to be feeding it so that I could become the strong athlete that I wanted to be. Um, so it was all, I mean, it was all in the mindset for sure.
1: And I think that is such a, a powerful message that I think a lot of people do need to, to hear is when, when you pay attention and you actually give your body whole real mm-hmm. food and you give it what it needs, you give it a, an abundance of, of nutrients you'll start to look and feel the way that mm-hmm. you want. Like it's not yeah. going to happen immediately. It's going to be a journey, but you will get to this place of equilibrium where you're going to be happy and you're going to be able to do the things that you want. You're going to have the mental clarity and your body's going to work and you're going to have more
0: fun, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you will you will definitely enjoy it more. I will say that you will, you will enjoy your runs way more if you're feeling it correctly.
1: Any more, I guess, little words of of wisdom? Um, I know a lot of, like, how did you, like, push through that mindset shift? Like, it must not have been easy in the beginning. Like, there's got to be times where you're kind of fighting – the other the other way and you're struggling with it but what did you find kind of got you through that and got you fully bought into I -hmm. need to fuel my body because you had that idea like you didn't Mm -hmm. want to feel like that on the run anymore but going from that to where you've gotten to now yeah couldn't have been just smooth sailing it wasn't just a switch flick, right
0: (laughs) no definitely not smooth sailing um honestly, for me, I mean, it's different for everybody, of course. But for me, um, I started out with taking my safe foods that I already had, which were um, like, I enjoyed eating oatmeal, I enjoyed eating salads, um, kind of basic foods like that. I still eat pretty simple. But I started adding other things into those foods. So I wasn't just making oatmeal, I would add in a ton of other things um, that would make it more beneficial to my body, like I would add in different seeds, and I would add in fruit and honey and peanut butter and all of these things. I mean, obviously not all together right there, but different different combinations that I already felt okay with, but adding in things that would give me more calories. So to my salads, I would add in um, yeah, just extra things like nuts or um, more protein. Um, so it didn't feel like I was necessarily jumping to, okay, I had a salad yesterday and today I'm eating half this pizza. Like it wasn't like I was jumping from this routine I had to a completely different eating system. I added into what I already felt comfortable with. Um, so if anybody is struggling with that, that would be my first, um, advice step of advice would be add to your safe foods that you already have. Um, And then you jump into adding in new safe foods. Like uh, bread was a huge thing for me. Like I remember when I started eating bagels and bread, literally one of my friends was like, you're eating a bagel, like good job. Like pointing that out, that that was a huge step for me. And um, sounds dumb to everyone else because that's a bagel, that's fine. Um, But for me, that was a huge step to add that into my safe food list. Um so yeah, build on your safe food, but then add in some new things very slowly that and see how you feel and see see the fact that you're actually building on your energy. Um and then another thing that I did, um, and people with disordered eating will understand this is um let people know what your triggers are. So I found for me, if I was eating by myself, like if I wanted a snack, but I was with my friends, for instance um, it felt better or more enjoyable if they would eat something with me. So for me, it was the act of togetherness that, and my friends even know this today, like if I'm hungry and, um, but I'm like, Oh, but I probably like shouldn't eat something. They're like, Hey, let's go out for food and they make it a thing. And so then we all go get food together. Um, so I think being aware of what triggered me, and actually, telling people how they could help me in my process was huge. Um, so now, if I'm hungry and I'm saying, "Okay, well, I'm struggling with food today," the people who are close to me will know that is the cue to ask me to go out and get some food, or, "Well, do you want to make? Do you want to have a snack? Like, we should make a snack." Like my roommate. Um, and so I think, yeah, being extra aware of things that felt okay for me um and now i don't really think twice about those things which is funny how they become a new routine for you you're becoming you're getting used to a new normal honestly because you're used to um cutting back and that's just the natural thing is to see how much yeah you're almost like proud of yourself for not eating food when you're when you're dealing with that and i think that it had to switch to i'm proud of myself for eating good today that mental switch had to change. Um, and yeah, I think just being aware and really focusing in on what made you feel, makes you feel good, what made me feel good in those moments. And now those things are natural and that switch will happen eventually. But at first, like you said, it wasn't easy. It was day day in, day out. I had to really focus on um, making lists of foods that I I was eating throughout the day to make sure that I was eating enough calories. And now I don't have to do that. But at first, I had to list it out to make sure that I was keeping up with it enough.
1: Well, that's what I I was actually going to ask that that next. Um, But before I dive into that, I just want to say I really love the way that you approach that. Like um, it's a really good strategy for trying to form new habits. Mm-hmm. It's like ha- habit stacking. You take something that you already are doing and, yeah. you, and you build upon that. So it's easier. And then you, you surrounded yourself, like you have a support system and you you brought people in, which I think yeah. ca- can be hard to do, but when, when you do, it does help make that much easier. Right.
0: Well, yeah. And honestly, I mean, it did get to the point where people were, worried and like I was losing too much weight for sure. And my clothes that were like extra small were too big on me. I was like, okay, like this is getting like, people were noticing that I was losing too much weight. And so they wanted to help me and I had to be okay with that. Like, I don't know. I think it's really easy when you're struggling with something like this to push people away and i could have done that um but i didn't um and i wanted yeah you just have to find the people that you trust to ask the questions like hey am i like am i looking better am i looking stronger or am i still looking like you you have to have those people that you can be really open with or else you're going to push everyone out um so finding those people is really important that you can be real with about your eating um, there are people that I can literally text and say, Hey, I'm struggling with my eating today and you need to have those people.
1: It's amazing that you can yeah. have that support system and you have yeah. those friends in, in your corner. Mm-hmm. Was there anybody with, with good intentions that their first reaction was, well, you're just running too much. You need to stop yes. running. The running is your problem. Like that that was coming up.
0: Yes. And That's I guess that's why I spoke to that earlier. Just that, um, truthfully, the running is what saved me because if I wasn't running, I would probably be in the hospital because I wouldn't have kept up with my eating. Um, It definitely it gave me a wake up call that I needed. The running did, and now I'm seeing myself as a stronger version than I ever thought I could be because running gave me that wake up call. Um, and it keeps me going. Like I, I know, okay, I'm going to be running tomorrow morning. So tonight I need to make sure that I'm fueling myself properly with the right amount of calories. So in the morning I have energy and then in the morning, I'm going to eat a certain thing, right? Like it keeps me in in a routine and schedule, um, which I don't know if you can tell by this conversation, I'm a very routine and scheduled person. So because I have this whole weekly setup of my running, then my eating is in line. Um, so yeah. Well, it, was, was
1: there any ever like doubt that crept in? Like when people were, were mentioning the running to you, did it cross your mind? Well, maybe I should... Like maybe the running might be part of the problem, or were you pretty like steadfast? Like, no, guys, I know this is good for me, and it's not what I need to sort out. It's kind of compounding the issue, but it's not the root of the problem. Like, did you have that amount of awareness at that time, or did that kind of come?
0: Yeah, I think it was a little bit of back and forth. I think it definitely made me doubt myself while I was running like I kind of got nervous that I was going to like drop dead or something while I was running like it definitely was a battle like when I was out like am I am I okay like it was definitely something that I questioned and I mean I did make sure um that I was adding in rest days and I was treating my body well um because before I was just kind of going rogue with my running and wasn't really um Scheduling it out. Actually, I took your workshop, so that's how I knew to, <laughs> knew to schedule it out. And um, you're jumping the gun on days. me. We were going to come back to that. <laughs> um, that was why. So you were a big help, to be honest. I wanted to thank you for that. So um, I appreciate that. Yeah i I put together an actual running schedule, and now I kind of stick to um, Mondays and Fridays as my rest day. Um I still try to I love hiking so I still try to like go for a walk or a hike on those days just to keep myself mentally checked because of fresh air and getting outside um but not pushing myself too hard because I wasn't I wasn't treating myself well at all. I was pushing myself too hard.
1: So it was it was the that uh, goal setting workshop for mm-hmm. for runners that helped shed a little bit of light on that and help maybe get the wheels turning that there was a little better way maybe a little smarter way to plan plan the week mm-hmm. out and mm-hmm. um so from from that time I guess so what your big takeaways from so the big takeaways from that workshop were were what then
0: oh man there were a few so, yes, rest days. <laughs> yeah. Even though, and honestly, now I look forward to them because training now has definitely amped up and my runs are harder and longer. And I actually look forward to the days where I don't have to run because I can recoup and feel great the next day. So, definitely rest days. Um, and then, oh man, there were so many things that I feel. <laughs> I feel like I can't even pinpoint it. Um, The biggest part, I think it was at the beginning of the workshop, you were talking about not training from where you want to be or where you wish you were, but training from where you actually are. And that is huge. I put that in one of my blog posts. Um, I was training from where I wanted to be and where I wish I was for sure and was getting angry at myself for not being able to do something that my body – was not capable of doing yet. Um, I wanted to go faster. I wanted to go longer. Um, meanwhile, I was still back at doing like 10 Ks, which is fine. That's still great. That's amazing. And, but I was expecting myself to be able to go hammer out at 30 K with a great pace or a 30 K in general with a bad pace, (laughs) a 30 K in general. Um, and, that was not where i was at and i was getting super frustrated um so i i that was actually yeah probably my biggest te- takeaway was that training from where you are the reality of where you are even if that's hard to face that you are this pace and you can do this far but you can't jump the gun you can't just try to go do a 30k and your body is way back at doing 5k's Um, that's not going to work because you're going to burn yourself out or you're going to get frustrated and then you're probably not going to want (laughs) to train anymore.
1: Yeah. You just (laughs) kind of, this is evidently not, not for me. I can't go and just do a 30 K with the guys that have been out there, guys and girls that have been out there running for, for years. They've done 50 milers, hundred milers. Oh my gosh. Yeah. What do you mean? I'm just going to jump in and go and do this and everything should be fine. Right. No, it doesn't quite work that way. No, no. So, what? How did that internal struggle go with you? When you're kind of realizing that that's part part of the problem? How did you kind of turn that around? Because that's that's not an easy thing to face either.
0: No, I think I really had to just pull back and slow down and ease myself into it. Um, One of the biggest things that I encourage people to do for pacing, which I do is, um, just find, find a comfortable slow pace and then work from there. So like, see how far I can go. I really had, cause I was just like sprinting or like going super fast and then burning out within a few kilometers. And then I'd be angry. And then that, the whole rest of the run, I'd be frustrated. Like that doesn't sound fun at all, and you're just you're ending the run, and you're honestly just feeling you're like you're checking it off, like okay, I did a run and it didn't feel good, but I did it. Um, yeah. So I think yeah, just pulling back and accepting the fact that I was going to be slower, um, and seeing slow as not a bad thing, especially in trail running. Like slow is actually smart. Slow um, is very smart.
1: Yes. <laughs> slow is
0: very smart, and. At first, when you're a new runner, slow, that's the first thing I hear people say is, well, you don't want to run with me. Like I said at the beginning, you don't want to run with me because I'm slow. And I'm like, always say back to them, I like going slow. First of all, I'm probably the same pace as you because I'm going to go easy. That's I love doing that. I can go further if I go slow. Um, I mean, it's definitely important to add speed work in there, which I need to be doing um but yeah slow is smart and i had to get that ingrained in my mind um yeah mark always says at the beginning of those big pushes when you're doing um 30 40 50k um you start out extremely slow and it's going to feel super uncomfortable cuz you want to be going faster than you are but then if you have all this extra energy at the end you can hammer out like more kilometers at the end and pick up your pace Um, You'd rather that than start out super fast and then you burn out and you can't even finish. Um, Oh,
1: you waste so much more time (laughs) in the back half of the race if you can barely crawl.
0: I know, right? So I think I had to just be okay with the fact that I was going to be slow and I was going to ease into it and I was going to be kind to myself when I was talking to myself during my run because I got to the point where I was just, like being a jerk to myself. Cause I'm like, why can't you do this, Sarah? Like, are you kidding me? Like pick up well, the pace. It, like it was, it was an internal battle every time I was running and that's not enjoyable and that's not kind to yourself. Well, it's and something so that's think, just
1: baked into our, our run culture.
0: Yeah, right? for sure. Mm-hmm. But the,
1: Like there's always people to compare against. You got Strava segments, you got everything's going on and people don't give you kudos or thumbs up or likes or whatever you want to call it for going out and cruising an hour super chill run nobody's like that was amazing way to go no yeah. they're they're only like saying congratulations and most of the time you're congratulating people for going out and doing something really stupid <laughs> and yeah, you're just adding the pace, fuel to the, the oh fire
0: some of the paces on my runs like I'm like, that is like so bad, but I also don't care. Like I, honestly, for me, because of what I'm training for, um, which is the Fundy Circuit, so 50K, um, I'm honestly training just for time on my feet. Um, I'm not training for pace. I'm not training for, um, yeah, how fast I can zip through these hard trails. I'm honestly just trying to get my mileage up so that I can be on my feet for a very long time. Um, now I'm up to doing like 25, 30 K runs as my long runs, which I never even thought I could do. Um, and that's because I pulled back and accepted that slow is smart and that I was going to be able to do more if I just eased into it. Um, and And so honestly, yeah, it is about time on feet for me. Um, I'm okay if a run is slow (laughs) and that's actually like great for me if I can pull myself back and accept that. Um, yeah. No, I think
1: that's amazing. And you kind of got there there naturally, but that's exactly how I train the trail runners that I work with as, as athletes. Runs are not prescribed as distance. No, no, yeah. no trail runs are prescribed as distance. You're going out for three hours today and you are going to run that easy. And easy means that you should be able to breathe in for four steps and breathe out for four steps. Yeah, And if you can do that and come back and tell me that that's what you did, then you get a gold star. (laughs) Yeah,
0: Yeah, for sure. Like it's not, yeah, especially trail running. It's about the time on trail and being able to, I mean, yes, try to work on your speed. And But honestly, for me, it's first distance. And then if I can get the distance, if I can go do a 50 K and finish it, on those extremely hard trails, then maybe I'll go for speed later. But first it's distance for me. (laughs) Um, Do you know
1: how many people make really bad decisions in their first couple of ultras because they're so fixated on needing to run a certain time? Be like, I need to run the Fundy circuit under eight hours, or this is a failure. (laughs)
0: I will be okay. I will be extremely <laughs> overjoyed if I can finish it. So I'm not, yeah. I do not care how long it takes me. <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah. Or the people like line up for their first 50 miler, like I need to do this under 10 hours or yeah. like the world is ending or I need to get under 24 hours for my 100 miler. It's the first yeah. time you're doing any of these things. So, yeah. And when you're pushing for a time when you should be paying attention to how your body's feeling, you end up making really dumb decisions. Like you said, you end up pushing too hard early and then you end up crawling and barely moving Mm -hmm. at the end. I'd
0: rather have, I'd rather feel amazing halfway through and then be able to finish the run and actually feel like I can function and maybe actually push myself for the last few kilometers instead of barely finishing and, or maybe not finishing at all. And feeling like death at the end, um, and honestly, it's it's been crazy how many runs lately I've felt great at the end and that I could actually keep going when they were pretty hard runs, and it's because I paced myself and I eased into it. Um, yeah, it goes a lot further than I thought it would, going <laughs> being okay with the slow part. Yeah,
1: It's something that I, having been there myself. In, in the beginning and done that to myself of pushing too hard, burning mm-hmm. out and it's, you, you essentially flame out when, when you go and try and do these things. Like you, you run a little too close to the sun, you crash and burn
0: mm-hmm. and you just
1: keep, be- it's like beating yourself, your head against the same wall over and over again, doing the same thing and you expect different results. And it's like, it's the definition of insanity when you keep trying to repeat the yep. same thing and you expect it to go differently. Yeah. Um, and it's something like, that's what I try and scream from the hilltops literally is like, everybody just needs to slow down. <laughs> just do it.
0: Yeah. That should be a shirt. Just I'm going <laughs> to wear that on the funny circuit is slow down. Yeah. <laughs> Chill out.
1: <laughs> yeah. And then like the, the mantra for starting an adventure like that is start slow and then yes. run, and then run slower. Yes.
0: <laughs> go slower, go even slower. Than go, you think. Yeah.
1: Start slow and then run even slower. <laughs> and then,
0: yes, of course. And it's so hard to do. Like, I get it. It's, you're feeling excited. You want to just like, especially when everyone starts together, you don't want to, everyone's zipping by you and you're like, yeah. I'm just jogging back here. Um. But yeah, honestly, like watch those people maybe burn out and then you can yeah. run past them. Like yeah. who knows? Re-
1: reel in the carnage or as like David Goggins says, you want to wait till later and you're going to go take their soul later mm-hmm. when you go cru- cruise by <laughs> You're <them>. like,
0: bye. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> I have energy and you do not. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. It is It's a really encouraging way to, I like, go, oh, it's, it's kind of bad, but it, it's really encouraging once you start Catching people in the later, like back half of a race, yeah. or even of an adventure if the group has has broken up, and you yeah. just kind of reel them in. There, there is like a sense of pride, and you get such a sense of momentum when you start mm-hmm. like catching person after person. Like you're never wishing ill on no. any of these people, but yeah. there's a certain sense of oh, "I told you so." <laughs> I was
0: smart, yes. Yeah. I was smart. I
1: was smart.
0: Yeah. I'm. Yeah. It's funny. I'm agreeing with these things, but I've never actually done like a trail race before. Oh, right? I know. Yeah.
1: You're so I'm new. like,
0: yeah. I, I'm so excited. I am very new. It's funny. Like people will be asking me advice about running and I'm like, here's what I do, but I'm also not an expert because I literally just started. Um, so I'm still learning. I'm still, um, asking advice myself. Honestly, like Mark is still giving me little nuggets of information and, still correcting me when I'm doing something that's not working. Um, yeah. So it's, it's fun. And there's so many things that I have not experienced,
1: but you like see, a race. <laughs> but the, the mindset of a, of a new runner who is seeing improvements is one that I try and foster. Like I call it the sense of, it's a sense of curiosity. Yeah. And the people that can hold on to that, like after you've done that first 50K or maybe done your first 50 miler, like after you've done the things and you want to keep going, holding on to that sense of curiosity and Mm -hmm. self-improvement, like that's the difference between the runner that's going to go farther and stay in the sport or the one that's going to kind of get bored and stop improving. (laughs) It's pretty easy to get complacent and lose that sense of, the new thing that you're very interested in. But the truth mm-hmm. is there's always so much to learn. Mm-hmm. You just have to look a little harder for it after you've yeah. been around for a while, right?
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. So you've been doing some pretty badass training. And so how long from from kind of taking a step back, like these kind of things happened close to around the same time. Right, mm-hmm. like you started um getting the fueling in check, and you also decided you were gonna slow down
0: mm-hmm.
1: so how how long between taking that step back to getting up to the place where you're you're at the point now where you wanted to be how many months ago?
0: yeah, it probably was a few months of work, yeah, um, and it's funny because those frustrating moments where I was like, I can't run a 30 K like now I do that and I feel great. And Uh, it wasn't that
1: long ago, right?
0: (laughs) No, no. And it's, yeah, it's pretty crazy because you, you get frustrated about the things that you can't do, but if you just took a step back and saw all the things that you could do to get to that point and you didn't just jump the gun to, well, I'll never be able to run that amount. Um, it's crazy what you can do. Like I'm like on a weekend, I'll just go out and do a 25K now. And that's like not intimidating for me before that would have been the most intimidating thing in the world. Um, but that's because I just took a step back and was easy on myself. Like you just said, I, and when I say easy on myself, it's not just within the runs. It's your mindset. It's your self-talk. It's um, being gracious to yourself during the training and not getting mad at yourself when you can't do a certain run or you don't feel 100%, um, because you're not gonna always feel 100% and you have to be okay with that. For instance, yesterday, I'm trying to double up on some days for runs so that I can teach my body to recoup quickly. Um, So, yesterday, I had the day off work and I did. 10K in the morning. And then I was going back out to do another 8K um in the evening around in the same trails in Rockwood Park in St. John. And um the first run I felt great. And then naturally, of course, the second run did not feel great. And it hurt a lot more. And I was definitely struggling. Um, but yeah, just not like putting myself down on that run. I was like, you know what? it's fine that I feel this way and being gracious and just pulling back and okay, I'm just going to go, um, a slower pace than the other person running with me. And that is okay because it is understandable that my body feels this way. And even on a day that you probably should feel great because you fueled correctly and you had, maybe you did get enough sleep and you haven't ran in a few days, but then your body is just not cooperating. That is also okay because you're going to have days that don't feel great. Um, So I think it was the self-talk that really brought me to the place I am today. Um, Yes, have high expectations for yourself. But if you don't get to the place that you want, what are you going to do in your mindset? Are you going to put yourself down and trash talk yourself throughout it? Because that's not going to do any good. Um,
1: So what are some... What are some examples of before, before you had this sort of awakening around self-talk? So what are some of the conversations going on in your head if a day of a run's not going the way that that you want it to go? So what did that look like before?
0: Yeah, so I would say, I mean, we all know the uncomfortable feeling you get too, and your body is just like, (laughs) you're like pretty much moving in slow motion and you're just like. Oh my gosh this run feels like I'm giving everything I have because I have no energy. We have mm-hmm. we all have those runs. Yeah. And but in that moment it wasn't oh my body is tired. It was like me personally because I can't do it as a human being. <laughs> it was like oh well you you can't do this. Like why can't you finish this run? Like why? It was it was almost that I because of who I am as a person could not Run the run. Meanwhile, it was just my body was just feeling off that day, and that happens,
1: so um, your own your own internal like barometer of self-worth, was, yes,
0: was based on the run was 100%. based
1: on yeah, your performance during during the run, and mm-hmm. you're giving yourself a negative score because yep. you're tired that day. yeah,
0: Me- yes, meanwhile, it's just things didn't line up the way my body needed to that day, and it doesn't feel. And then maybe in two days, it's going to feel great because we all have those um, runs that don't feel awesome. And um, yeah, it was definitely my self-worth was based on how well I could run. And that is a recipe for disaster because your runs, for me right now, probably like 60% of my runs are uncomfortable and don't always feel great. And Mostly throughout every run, there's at least one point where I'm like, oh, like this hurts or like, I don't know if I can finish this run. You, I mean, I know how to get over those little humps now. Like I'm, I'm okay with the uncomfortable feelings, but it does not have anything to do with how good of a runner I am or how strong I am because there's going to be those moments and I've accepted that. Yeah. Um,
1: and you're a good runner because yeah. you are you physically put your shoes on and you went for a run, right? <laughs>
0: exactly. Yep. Yep. I am a runner because I'm literally running right now. It does not matter how, yeah, how the run feels. And yeah, you you definitely hit that point of my self-worth was based on how well I could perform. And yeah, that's setting yourself up for disappointment because you're not always going to be able to perform exactly to how you want in that moment
1: (laughs) it is it is again something that's a bit insidious in in the running community is Mm -hmm. people that don't know any better they want to go out every single day they want to push and if they're not pring their pace on their 5k loop every day if they're not getting better then that run is a failure
0: yeah i was actually going to say that when there was one run that I got a 10 K PR and I was like, it was on the road and I, I hadn't done road in a while. So I was like, Oh my gosh, like I'm so fast, blah, blah, blah. blah. And, um, I was hyped up, which is great. Like, yes. cheers. You need on. to
1: celebrate that. Like, But yeah. then
0: the guy I was running with was like, just so you know, you're not going to get PRS every day. Yeah. And I was like, Yes. That is a very fair point. Like I feel great in this moment, but every day is not going to be a PR and that is fine. And as a, as a new runner, you get PRs a lot because you're improving so quickly. Like I'm, I found the first few months I was like getting all these like achievements or whatever on Strava. And you're always getting achievements because you're moving up so quickly. And now I'm at the point where they're like, still there, but not as often because I'm running like the same things often. Um, but yeah, not every day is going to be a PR and you need to be okay with that because there's going to be runs that either don't feel good at all, or they're just average. And then you're going to get some PRs in there and they're going to feel really good, but don't expect that every day you're going to like hammer out this faster pace than the day before when that's not, that's not not
1: how your the body works and if you are yeah like you said in the beginning that that's just the way that it does work and it does take Mm -hmm. a little bit of a mindset shift when if you are using strava that you're not seeing these trophies popping up every single run saying that you're awesome
0: (laughs) (laughs) yes seriously
1: at the end of the day if that's happening and you've been running for like a few months or a year then you haven't been you haven't been training right
0: yeah now I'm like okay sometimes I get like these smaller achievements but um they're usually just because I've ran the trail like 700 times that week so (laughs) (laughs) like you ran this trail many times you get an award um yeah yeah,
1: you know the new the new fun thing the local legend which is
0: yeah I was gonna say like that's the only award I get recently (laughs)
1: What's that's a good you're out there grinding it more than anybody else. That that's a good award. Yes, yeah,
0: that is true.
1: <laughs> it doesn't discriminate on pace. <laughs>
0: no.
1: Uh, all right, so let's circle back then. I want to dive in a bit on the the calories. You think, yes. you, t- you touched on it a bit and like it is some place that I do try and start with with some people. I just it's a, you need to check in and understand where you're at mm-hmm. before you can improve. And mm-hmm. you need to know what your output is and what your demands are mm-hmm. and how much you're actually taking in to know like what, what you need to do better. But I also fully recognize as somebody that is struggling with food that calorie counting can be a very slippery slope. Yeah. And it can kind of add to the the problem. So I was curious to ask if you did do any check-ins like that and how did that work for you?
0: Yeah, so I do not count calories. Um yeah, mostly because it would be I think detrimental. Um it would become more of a of an obsession that it should, I think. I honestly go off of how I feel. Um So being okay with, if I'm hungry, now it is time to eat. Um, I'm more of a smaller meal or snacks throughout the day type of person. That's just how I've always worked. Um, So when I am feeling hungry, not feeling down in that moment, but realizing that my body needs food, Um, but always like before runs getting, making sure that I'm getting enough calories. Um, And then during my run, I have a lot of food with me and I'm getting used to, like I said, um, keeping myself up with the fuel during a run, which I never was doing before. Um, so yeah, having the waffles and the gummies and um, tailwind in my, like I've got so many calories going during a run. Yeah. Um, so I think, yeah, just calories in general.
1: Well, calorie <laughs> is no longer like, a swear word, right? Yeah. Like I
0: was going to say, it's, it's not a negative thing for me anymore. Like talking about like calories or thinking about how many calories are going in. It's really based on how I'm feeling. And I actually do tell people, even when they're trying to lose weight is like, really base your food and your exercise off of how you're feeling. Don't, don't even really like weigh yourself at first. Like wait wait a few months and weigh yourself later, but honestly, go off of how you're feeling and your body is gonna start feeling so much better if you're just giving it good food. Um, yeah. So I honestly do not count calories. Um, it might be helpful for other people who struggle with that just to keep themselves in check. But for me, I think it's the consistency of, okay, what have I eaten today? That does not seem like enough, yeah. let's like I'm hungry right now, like even if I have already eaten a decent amount, like I'm hungry right now, so my body needs food. um and so I think just listening to my body and giving it what it needs in that moment and being really aware of if my stomach is feeling like it needs something, um it needs something, then I'm gonna give it give it the food, give it a healthy snack, yeah, um, yeah.
1: Yeah, so I think uh, that's great. Having that intuition is is awesome, and it really helps foster that fo- healthy relationship between mm-hmm. food and fuel and feeling good. Um, just, yeah, for me, for me, how how I use it is, I use it when I, in the beginning when when I went when I went plant based. I I struggled a lot with getting enough calories and mm-hmm. I didn't know in the beginning that that was my was my problem cuz I'd never really counted calories and never paid a whole lot of attention to it but the amount of volume that you need to take in when you're eating like plant like like yeah, kale and carrots so and oranges really and mm-hmm. like it's very nutrient dense but it's not calorically dense mm-hmm. So just getting yeah. used to that portion size in the beginning, like it was quite useful for me to actually figure out what the volume of food needed to look like to have a baseline. And then after, after that's dialed in, then no, I don't need to count calories anymore. Except now if I notice that if I'm not feeling the best and I think that I've been eating well, then sometimes I just do a little reality check. Mm-hmm. I don't change anything, but I just, okay, let's check in. What did I eat today? And how does that stack up with how I should be doing? Mm -hmm. So I just kind of use it as a check-in and a way to know what to adjust, or do I maybe have a little bit of a deeper problem? Should I go get some blood work done and check Mm -hmm. on my levels? Like it just I use it as more of a of a tool rather than a constant measuring stick kind of
0: thing. Yeah.
1: And that's it's been helpful for me, but no, I've I, I too think that I'd go off the deep end and drive myself insane if I'm trying mm-hmm. to count calories every day. Yeah. I think I'm a, wh-
0: I'm a snacker. So honestly, like it would be like so hard for me to even keep up with how many calories I put in my body. Cause it'd be like just constant. Cause I'm always just kind of like snacking away. That's just how my body works.
1: And the funny thing, and if you're eating more whole foods and you're eating more Mm -hmm. like homemade foods, it becomes more difficult to track calories because it's not something that's on the package. This is 200 calories. You now need to know you need to weigh it out as you're making the thing. And then you need to check your portion sizes which again was a useful tool for me in learning how many of my homemade energy balls is Mm -hmm. 250 calories. Okay. So I need to take in two of these balls every hour. So now I know that. So that's all I need to know. But anytime I have a new homemade food that I want to bring on the trail, like that for me, I need to have that equation in my head. I need to know like, okay, Three pieces of banana bread is what needs to go down the hatch this hour if I'm eating banana bread.
0: Oh, banana or, bread. That is a good...
1: Oh, it's so good. good.
0: Tra- I'm like, oh my gosh, why have I not thought of eating that on the trail?
1: <laughs> so good. I'm
0: like wanting to like bring that tomorrow now.
1: <laughs> oh, it's funny. Um, I had a really funny, like Wilco was my pacer at, at Capes
0: okay. and
1: we got into this pretty like it's just aired on the podcast not that long ago but uh amanda made me some banana bread for that hundred miler and i was absolutely toast until uh it was the sun came up and i jammed like three or four pieces of banana bread (laughs) in and then wilco was like man what was in that was it cocaine like you just bounced right back wow i never
0: thought of that That that's a good i'm adding that to my list for sure banana bread
1: you gotta look into it's either Oshi Glows or Minimalist Baker, but you, you can okay. make it with like you can make it denser with like yeah. more like like nuts and things yeah. like in it as part of the flour, so it will stay with you more than just the typical like flour and and banana bread. So you could get a lot more of the the healthy nutrients into it.
0: Yeah, it is wow, really that's good. good. Yeah,
1: <laughs> so put that on the list.
0: That is on my list for sure. Other fun <laughs>
1: things in Rick's toolkit include veggie burritos, veggie sushi, wow. coffee cake, cinnamon buns. <laughs> I
0: want all of those,
1: please. <laughs> um, new to the repertoire this this time around. I haven't tried it, but I got this from Gary Robbins as uh, he was into the miso soup and I was like, "Yes, mm. I need miso soup." Yeah. That would be a good aid station.
0: Thing. Yes, that would be good.
1: But uh <laughs> But all, all that is where I kind of went down that rabbit hole is...
0: <laughs> Sorry for distracting you. with the banana bread.
1: <laughs> no, I love talking about trail food and trail snacks. Yeah. And like, what are you eating? How's that yeah. working for you? Yeah, like, I
0: actually was joking. <laughs> this is my last side note, but oh,
1: totally cool. I was
0: joking on the run because when we sit down, like when we're having a break, this was last weekend, it feels like we're like in a lunchroom at school because everyone's what like, do you got over there oh, like do you want do you want a piece of this like bar oh do you want a gummy like we're all just like switching food <laughs> yeah, and it yeah. does feel like everyone wants to like flash like what trail food they have now I get to pull out banana bread
1: Yeah, or maybe Mark's like over in the corner and he's got this like super good like bakery cinnamon bun. He's like, I hope nobody sees this. I don't want to share it. Yeah, he's like out behind the (laughs) lighthouse,
0: like I'm just going to go eat this over here.
1: Yeah. No, it's funny, but literally an awesome experiment. And the sky is the limit to what you can eat on the trail. Mm -hmm. I think the more important things are how packable is it? Is it going to turn into mush on you? (laughs) Yes. Yeah, that's one thing that's important. The next thing that I think is important is you got to be able to eat it without it being like the consistency is important. Like you got to be able to mm-hmm. swallow it without too much difficulty yes. like, without needing to like chase it down with a ton of of water because some things yeah. they are too dry and you can't really like get them down the hatch. Like if you're trying to run and eat this thing at the same time, you just kind of end up like choking on it.
0: I was like proud of myself when I got to the point where I could run and eat something at the same time.
1: That's a big deal.
0: <laughs> yeah. Like now, now I'm like, I can like pop things in my mouth and just like, and take a little drink and keep going. And like, I don't have to stop my stride or my pace at all. Yeah. And I think that that was a moment where I was like, Oh my gosh, am I a real trail runner? <laughs> <laughs> am I, did I just make it? I can actually like, eat something and chew and not be like choking on it because I can't breathe yeah, um, yeah. so I agree like something that isn't going to like stick in your mouth and be like really thick is really important
1: sometimes you just need a good burrito and that's just <laughs> awesome
0: <laughs> sometimes you do I guess quote of the podcast sometimes Some, you just need a good burrito sometimes you just
1: need a good burrito <laughs> and it's going to fix all your problems <laughs> Yeah, if you're doing something that's got multiple loops or you got a crew stop Mm -hmm. and you can roll in and have a a fresh, hot burrito, like that is just game changing. And miso soup. And miso soup. Yeah. (laughs) 100%. We've got a whole menu now. You got Whole whole new menu. Yeah. Um, What are some things that haven't worked out well for me? trying to think like i've brought some cookies with me before that just like disintegrate mm. and turn into like cookie powder yeah and then you're stuck like 25k back in the woods and all you have is this mess of powder and yes, cookies that i've putting. done that i've
0: tried <laughs> to make i've tried to make energy balls but they didn't have enough um honey i think in them to keep them together and so it literally just was like granola
1: Sometimes you have the opposite trying to problem pour in your
0: mouth. You're like, I guess I'm just going to try to drink this granola because <laughs> yep. it's not together whatsoever anymore.
1: <laughs> and sometimes sometimes you have the opposite problem too, like where yeah, maybe it didn't disintegrate into like this loose powder. <laughs> if you make homemade yes. energy balls, sometimes they just make the super energy ball. It all comes... Yeah, it, they're no yeah. longer individual balls. You just have one yep. giant energy ball.
0: <laughs> Very true.
1: Yeah. Oh, fun. Fun stuff. <laughs> um, yeah, so it sounds like you've come a long way with that, which is amazing. Yeah. Uh, I'm very happy to give you a couple of uh pointers in the Trail <laughs> Food Department.
0: Yeah, I'm actually quite excited about it, to be honest. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, another one that is a Lori Curry uh special is uh he'll actually take kombucha in his water bottle, ginger kombucha.
0: And that wouldn't mess up your stomach.
1: Well, it's like ginger pop, right? Like ginger ale is like calms the stomach. Ginger,
0: okay, ginger would be good.
1: Yeah. yeah. And it's got some calories in it because it's a little sweet. Mm -hmm. So that was a Lori Curry trick. But he's also eaten, and I like it, uh, the first time was kind of weird when I saw it, but he'll pull out dolls like seaweed. On the trail, and okay. it's really packed yeah. full of electrolytes and salty, nutrients. Like yeah, salty
0: too. Yeah. yeah,
1: so good for you.
0: And the thing is, I think that I focus a lot on the sugar and the, um, yeah, getting enough sugar and calories. That I forget about, like the sometimes I just need salt. Yeah, like, like sometimes I'm like, I just need something that's very salty because that's like chips. Or I mean, chips would crumble up, but yeah. I guess dolls would be a good option it's well, something one. that's salty like I, I almost forget about that that side of it
1: yeah it can be it's really important to have that yeah. in your like quiver of mm-hmm. of trail snacks. like if you're going for a long adventure you should have something that's sweet and you should have something that's salty and something that's savory mm-hmm. and something that you know works for you in all of those departments because yeah. at different points you're going to want different things Aid
0: aid stations are great. And right now on our long runs, we do not have those. So I need to start bringing stuff with me.
1: Yeah. You got to pack it in there for sure. All right. All right. So let's switch gears. And I want to really dive in to the sense of community Mm -hmm. and the idea that spawned the, the St. John trail running women's only group. And I know coming to group runs even like for anybody can be a little intimidating, kind of like your, your story when you're starting out, but it can be even more intimidating too, to some, some girls like to go and hang out in the woods with a predominantly group of guys (laughs) where you might end up having to go need to pee in the woods sometime too. And it, it just doesn't seem right to me as well that in the road race scene, like the road races are dominated. Like way more girls show up than guys. Like if you go to look at the stats for a ten k road race, I get as the the girls are well well the majority there. I don't I don't remember if it's like sixty forty or seventy thirty, but it's it's a pretty big split, in very heavy favor of the The female population is out and being active and taking care of themselves a lot more than the male population. But that doesn't seem to translate into the off the beaten path trail. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of curious to get your thoughts on that and why you think there's that disconnect there in the trail and even in the ultra community.
0: Yeah. I mean, From firsthand experience, like showing up to the the main group was a huge step for me, just because it is intimidating to walk up to a group of. It was honestly mostly guys. I think there was me and one other girl the first time (laughs) that I was in that group. I mean, now it's a huge difference. Like it's half and half, which is which is crazy. I'm super happy that that's where we're at now. Um, But when I first started with St. John trail running, it was probably me and just a few other girls, mostly because number one, like you, it's intimidating to show up with a bunch of guys because usually they, you think that they're going to be stronger and faster and it's just, you don't feel like you're going to be able to measure up and it doesn't feel as safe. And honestly, um, women in trails, it's not it doesn't feel generally safe, like, especially to run, um, by yourself. So then when you're with a group, it just feels extra intimidating. Um, so I think naturally women are more scared of trail running. Um, especially, I don't know, just in this area. Um, that's what I hear most is that people are scared to go out on the trails, um, by themselves. So I think that mixture of the group of guys and scared to go out on trail, Mixed together just does not feel um, like a safe place to walk into.
1: It's not a great Um, welcome mat to dip your toe. No, of course not.
0: Like, hey, come out with all these guys and we're going to go run a trail. Both of those things do not feel like a welcoming, um, yeah, a welcome mat, like you said, to um, a community. So for us, we were like, hey, what if we create a space where women can show up on a Tuesday night. Well, it was Monday night originally, but now Tuesday night. And um, it's a safe place where it's all women. So that takes out one of the factors that was intimidating. There's no guys. Um, Well, right now, Mark is helping us guide because there's too many, which is a great problem to have Um, where there's no guys. So it's a safe place. We're not all trying to like beat each other at a certain pace we're literally just having fun and it's a group of ladies that's the first um safe aspect about it um but also now if they feel safe there maybe they'll come to the main group um, yeah well once well, when, when, when when the I welcome
1: mat hold- has been rolled out yeah and you get to experience it then you're yeah. then you're in it and then it's not so intimidating to of course go from well you've conquered the the trail part So maybe this other community over here might not be quite as scary anymore.
0: Yeah. And I think to go a step further now, they'll know at least one person because I will be there at the other group run and they'll know a few other ladies because they'll most likely be over there. So they'll at least know people and they'll know the trails. Um, So we wanted, it's not a separation of Okay, women's run is going to be separate from the main run and we're not going to combine. It's actually an on-ramp to
1: Exactly. Uh,
0: we want you to be a part of this community and we know that it doesn't feel safe. It feels quite intimidating to walk up to a big group of people, men and women in a new trail. So if we can at least cut out some of those factors and create a different night for you to feel comfortable, and maybe then eventually you'll start to come to the other group. Then we want to provide that. Um, yeah. So I think it was a few things sparked the idea. I think it was creating the safe space and also just like, I don't know, women together in a group. There's That's a strong force. And I'm really, I just wanted to create the space for us to be able to encourage each other and lift each other up because of the comparison that can so easily arch over, um, trail runners, especially, um, instead of us being against each other, that we could create a group to cheer each other on and, um, yeah, just be each other's cheerleaders when it sucks and we can actually create a good force together instead of comparing each other. Um, yeah. What
1: kind of goes right back to what I said at the beginning, which I thought was pretty amazing about you is it's, it's focused on raising everybody up.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like you're you're yeah. getting something out of it, but mm-hmm. it's about everybody getting something out of it and everybody learning and coming up together, which is yeah. awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so, all that being said, we had the first group run. Yes. And it went amazing. So many more people showed up than anticipated, which is a good thing. Yeah. It's a good thing. And now we've got the problem. Well, not a problem, um, (laughs) but Mark is being the uh, sort of impromptu women trail guide.
0: Yeah, Yeah, I posted a picture with him (laughs) actually on Instagram and was like, first women's only and somebody comment and was like, that woman has a beard. And I'm like, you're not wrong. Like, that is true. I did not explain myself.
1: Yeah, yeah. (laughs)
0: um but it's a good problem to have like you, you said you can just um, start
1: somewhere and the <laughs> the intent of that group is still like pure like that was the entire mm-hmm. intent of behind course. it and one out of 45 is a pretty good <laughs> ratio to start with
0: yeah yep.
1: but what does that look like for you I, we talked about it a little bit but i guess if the calls going out now for other trail guides mm-hmm. so but you're into this thing now for less than a year and we've yeah. had this idea. So did you bring it up or did Mark bring it up? Or was it a mutual thing? Like how, how is this conceived?
0: Yeah. Um, Mark, Mark just started talking about it and I was like, yep. <laughs> like immediately I was like, yep, I want to do this. Um, he he posted something the other day about how he could hardly kind of get the thought out before I was like yep absolutely let's do it um meanwhile i didn't know really any of the trails and i was just starting to feel better again um with my running and i just wanted the challenge of you know what this is needed and it will help me um to keep myself focused and motivated um because we all know if we have something that we're focused on like that it keeps ourselves actually pushing forward and motivated. Um yeah, so it was kind of a thought on his end and then from there it's just been something that we've been dreaming up and talking about ever since for a few months and
1: So was um, it was it initially you were enthusiastic this is a good idea I want to be a part of this or was it I want to take this on and I'm going to lead the the group. Was it, was it that at the beginning or did it just kind of morph into that as, as time? Oh
0: man, I don't even remember. I think that he actually just straight up said like, do you want to lead this group? And I was like, absolutely. I mean, I, I'm the type of person that says absolutely. And I'm terrified. (laughs) And like, I I actually What did like. I just say yes to? <laughs> well, I I love when things scare me because yeah. then it's something that's pushing me. And this was one of those things that I was like, "Oh my gosh, like I just said absolutely and I'm like terrified because I don't I didn't even feel like a strong runner at that point. Um but yeah, I I like when things scare me because then that means that when it's accomplished, then it's going to feel amazing. <laughs> and um to lead that group of ladies. I mean, we did split up into two cause we had two. there was just so many and COVID and we just wanted to be as safe as possible. Um, leading that group. I actually had the thought I, I told one of my friends, I'm like, didn't I start running like three seconds ago? Like, what am I doing right now? <laughs> like I'm running with all these ladies through this trail and I literally still feel like I just am a new runner, which I still am. And it was kind of a surreal moment. Like you have come so far, Sarah. And that's why I had to do a few extra kilometers at the end because I was, I didn't want to miss that moment where I was very proud of myself for honestly taking myself out of a very dark time and a very dark situation and also like my disordered eating. And I've, yeah, I've pulled myself out of some really big struggles lately. And I didn't want to miss the fact that leading those ladies around the Irving Nature Park was a huge moment for me. Well, it's Um, kind of like the the culmination. It's
1: the culmination of all of your hard work coming to fruition. Yeah. Like it's not only celebrating your progress as a runner, but like you said, it's your willingness to step out of your comfort zone and continuously push the boundaries of what you think is possible. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And here's this enthusiastic runner that started less than a year ago and now you are very well versed in the trails around St. John's and you can confidently yeah. lead a big group of women and help them start their own journeys and Pretty get crazy. enthusiastic about trail running like that that is that has a ripple effect that you probably won't even fully understand
0: yeah. it's huge yeah well thank you the encouraging words definitely are affirming how proud I am of myself, which before would not have been an easy statement for me to say I'm proud of myself, but I think it's important to realize what, what you've accomplished and um, how far you've come. So yeah, proud of myself and thank you for affirming that.
1: It's amazing. (laughs) So in, in that journey from when it was, conceived that this group Mm -hmm. was going to start and you're kind of putting in the miles you're learning the trails with with mark was there any sort was there any imposter syndrome like creeping up along the way like was there any I met was there any doubts or were you like gung-ho the whole way or was it more like what did I get myself (laughs) into
0: (laughs) yeah there was definitely a few moments where I was like oh my gosh like well, it's hard. It's a hard time to learn the trails because when you think about it, it was like winter and we couldn't, there were a few weeks where we couldn't get in the trail time that we needed to. And so actually like, yeah, there were a few moments where I'm like, okay, this date's coming up really quickly and I do not feel necessarily equipped or ready. Um, but then that just meant that I had to work harder the last few weeks before it came up to really prepare myself and physically, mentally, um, just, yeah, realizing that I needed to step it up. And I definitely felt ready the night of, which I was really, I was excited, which I didn't think I would be. I, I thought I would be like, what the heck is going on? I'm terrified. Um, but I definitely got to the point where I was excited and could actually enjoy it. But there were a few moments where I was like, I have no idea where I'm going in these trails right now. And that is terrifying to me because I'm about to lead some ladies, some ladies, I thought, um, 42 ladies, <laughs>
1: just some,
0: just some, just a handful. Um, so yeah, I definitely, I mean, I'm, I wasn't gung ho the whole time. And there were a few moments where Mark was like, just so you know, like, you don't, you don't have to do this. Like if you don't want to. And I'm like, Nope, I'm doing it because like, he could sense that like, I was a little unsure. Um, but I did want to push myself. Um, I wanted I wanted that to be the reason why I was really going to push myself into something that maybe scared me. Um yeah.
1: The the best things in life come with a bit of resistance. So.
0: Yep. Yeah. I was like, "No, nope, Mark, do not give me that option. We are doing this. <laughs> do not say I don't have to do it."
1: <laughs> oh, it's awesome and so great that he was so supportive along the oh, yeah. way.
0: yeah. Yeah.
1: Amazing. So in this whole whirlwind of a year Mm -hmm. would have been some aside from this epic first (laughs) run with the the women's only group what are some of your your memorable moments training and sort of coming into this whole trail running world
0: yeah um oh man there's definitely a few i would say that first time that i did 24 kilometers i was like what that is, I did not think that was possible um, for me to go that far. So that was the first, like I said, at the beginning of the podcast, that was the first moment where I was like, I think I can push myself further than I think. And I have this weird, um, yeah, I'm pretty good with endurance. Like if things feel uncomfortable and it's, I'm suffering, I'm pretty good at just like hammering on. Um, And I didn't know that about myself, but in that moment I was like, okay, I think I like this. <laughs> um, it definitely takes specific people to enjoy the uncomfortable and pushing yourself to the limits. Um, so that was my first moment. And then when I did my longest distance so far, it would have only been a few weeks ago or a month ago, I did um, the hand wall hammering in Fredericton. And so it was just a four 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 and a half K loop. And you pretty much just see how many you can do in four hours. And so I ended up doing 30K that day, and it felt like I mean, it wasn't a hilly route at all, but it felt amazing. And I was like, I could probably do a marathon right now. Like, I could probably do a few more loops.
1: Oh, wow. Um, That's, That's amazing. Which I
0: was, when I finished and I could, I felt like I could do more. That's when I was like, okay, I think I'm further along in my training than I think. And that was a really good feeling to end that run and still have energy and still feel like I could push forward. Um, and then probably from there, my, my last few weekends have been, um, training some in Fundy, which if anyone's been in Fundy, it's, um, a lot of uphill that go on for like kilometers instead of like little uphills that I'm used to. Um, so yeah, being able to get through like 20, 25 kilometers in Fundy has been, um, pretty, yeah, pretty big deals for me just to be able to do that. And, um, I mean, it's not easy and it doesn't feel comfortable, but it makes me feel more equipped for the circuit.
1: Yeah. Well, with Um, with that coming up on, on the calendar and getting in the park boots on the ground and getting through like a good, like 25 K of the terrain, like that's gotta be confidence boosting.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I, It's definitely hard in there. Wow, it definitely tests you. You think you're, you think you're doing well, and then you go in Fundy, and you're like, oh my gosh, these hills don't stop. it's it's a a
1: new, it's a new kind of suffering.
0: (laughs) But I mean, that's what the circuit is, and so I had to just jump in and go for it. And that's been my mindset from the start: is don't think about it too much; just start and go. Worst thing that can happen is it doesn't go well. And then we move on to the next thing. Um, So that's been my, yeah, definitely my mindset from the beginning is just start and see what happens.
1: (laughs) And I think that's a, it's quite a very powerful mindset and it did come up earlier in, in the podcast. I think there, there's a lot of people that worry too much about that finish line and worry about mm-hmm. that being too far away and not just with running, but that, that fear of it being so far away and, and difficult prevents people from getting any traction and actually starting. Yeah. But once you get started and you can go out and test yourself and like, this is not that bad and maybe it's mm-hmm. kind of fun. And I've made some good friends.
0: (laughs) Made some friends, at at least.
1: (laughs) At least. So maybe this won't be too bad. I can probably do this thing.
0: Yeah.
1: It's awesome. (laughs) So I think we probably about did it. Um, Thank you so much. I really love your vibe. I love everything that you're doing. I am so excited for a year or two from now. (laughs) To see where your legs have taken you, and hearing some of the Me stories too. from, I'm from so that, excited. <laughs> like the possibilities are endless, right? And yeah, that's yeah, for sure. Such a huge amount of momentum behind you, and you've got such a good mindset now, mm-hmm.
0: and you've framed
1: it up now. You understand the importance of rest and recovery, mm-hmm. listening to your body. So I think you're set up for success, and I'm just excited to see where that goes. <laughs>
0: Yes, me too. <laughs> yeah.
1: So before I let you go, I do like to end the, the show trying and sum things up with just a couple of questions mm-hmm. about some of the topics that that we've been talking about. And um, I think the first one, kind of one of the more deeper topics that we've dived into, dived into here around the relationship with food mm-hmm. Um. Just wondering what do you have to say to the person out there? Again, does it matter if they're male or female? But just has a bit of a struggling relationship with food. And like I said earlier, I do see it a lot with mm-hmm. with runners. It is something like people do start the sport of running often to to lose weight, and that's intertwined with mm-hmm. food and calorie restricting. And you were able to have this powerful, Mindset shift, where you're able to get to a point where food becomes fuel and you're worried, you're now your focus is on trying to feel the best that you can. Just wondering, like, do you have any advice for that person to help get them from that spot that is worried about the scale and losing Mm -hmm. weight to getting to a point of wanting to feel their best?
0: Yeah. Um, first thing is that giving your body what it needs will actually take you to the point that you want to get to and doing the opposite of that is going to be detrimental and it's backwards from your thinking because you're going to think that I need to cut back on food because I want to lose weight because that's naturally what um, we're taught. But if you give your body good food and good fuel, then you're actually going to get to where you want to get to. Um, and then the second thing is if you are struggling and you are not getting enough calories in you, um, do what I did and start small with adding things to your diet, but don't just try to go all in and, um, add these crazy things to your diet that don't feel comfortable because then you'll just completely stop again. Um, so, for me, it was the small steps of adding in little things into my diet instead of going big and adding a burger because you <laughs> feel like you have to um, that's not that's not gonna help because then you're just gonna completely stop again. Um, so yeah, um, fuel yourself so you can get to your goals and start small with adding more things to your diet. That would be my two two sets of advice
1: such an important such an important message that I think a lot of people need to hear Mm because a lot of people, I I do think struggle with that relationship and there's a lot to be said with giving the body what it needs and you're going to be surprised at the results.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So the next question is related to the second part of that perfect storm Mm -hmm. and it's also can be a toxic relationship with your pace and going out and trying to to push and keep up with your friends and everybody that's out there doing all the things that have been out there doing it for a while what do you have to say to that person that is coming into the sport newer kind of like you were and like say you're having that early success you're getting better but maybe they don't have the experience yet to know that they're headed down the wrong path with that.
0: Yeah. Um, Well, I would quote you in that moment and say to start from where you are and not where you wish you were. Um, So pull back. And if you start extra, extra slow and pace yourself, then you can always speed up Um, if you're feeling good and you want to, push yourself. But if you start with going super fast and then you burn out, then you're not going to even want to finish the run. Um so yeah, start out slow and um just start first of all. Don't feel like you have to be at a certain level. Um be realistic with yourself and then if you feel like you have an extra ounce of energy, then you can push yourself later. Um but yeah, you don't want to start out Super fast and burn yourself out, and then you don't even enjoy running anymore. Um, so, yes, yeah, start out slow, <laughs> slow down, as we yeah. say.
1: <laughs> and it can seem like the end of the world in the moment when you're used to push at a pace and feeling the yeah. lungs kicking in, and you're feeling like you're doing some work to adopt that mindset to be okay with it feeling easy and then realizing. Like in, in your case, yeah, you're going to have to slow down now, but mm-hmm. two, three, four months plus down the road, you're going to look back and you're not even going to be able to recognize that runner that was there months before.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: Just takes a bit of commitment and buying into the the process and you can't,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you can't, there, there's no shortcuts on that one. No. <laughs> <laughs> You can only beat your head against that wall so many times before
0: mm-hmm.
1: you get yeah you, know, you end up frustrated and give up. So <laughs> I love it. Thank you so much for taking no, the time worries. tonight. And uh, I hope when this whole pandemic thing is over, that we'll end up uh, be able to catch up and fundy e or something oh when gosh, we make yes. it down to New Brunswick.
0: Yeah. All right. Love thanks.
1: It. We'll talk to you soon. No what did you guys think i personally loved uh, everything that, that sarah was about i love her enthusiasm and positivity like i said earlier it's just radiating and bubbling out of her through everything that she's doing and i really just love how much effort she's putting into raising everybody up who is around her not only through trail running but through her blog as well If you enjoyed the show and you want to show your support, the best thing that you can do is subscribe and leave a review. If you've already done that, then it would mean so much to me if you share this episode with your friends on social media. I love seeing posts or getting tagged in people's stories. It's really awesome. I really need your help to grow the show in order to make this sustainable so I can keep bringing you conversations with real runners in our community who are out there doing amazing things. Thanks so much for listening, and until next time.